Hi, everyone, and welcome to Viva La Flora Live Podcast, where we bring you the art and business of flowers. Stay tuned. Hello, friends, and welcome to Viva La Flora Live podcast again. All right, today's guest needs absolutely no introduction. It is one and only Hitomi Gilliam. Please be sure to go to show notes to read about her extensive and very impressive bio. But before we get into this interview, um, I have to say I I absolutely love what she does for the industry. She is by far one of most, one of my personal favorite teachers and educators for the industry. I have taken numerous workshops with Hitomi and every time there is an opportunity and I can, I go. It doesn't even matter what the topic is, honestly, because she is one of the most giving educators that the industry has right now, I would have to say. So on that note, I know she has some really exciting educational things coming up. There is a workshop with her and Gregor Lurch, right? I mean, seriously, both of them together. It is an online class. Of course, we're still in the times of COVID, you guys. But um, I personally have signed up already, literally right after I cut off the interview with Tatomi. I cannot wait. It is coming up starting November uh, 14, I believe is the date, but I'll make sure that I share the show notes, uh, the link to go to the workshop link, um, you know, from the show notes itself. Make sure you sign up. It is literally $200, not even, I think it's like $199. And it is multiple lectures with Q&As. Again, it is online, but... Can you imagine this two talking together? And Gregor is another one of my absolute favorite educators for the industry. So anyways, let's launch into this interview. Hi, Hitomi. Hi. Good to see you, Anna Hit. Oh my God, same. <laughs> Forever. How I are know. you? Well, really good. And you're clear on the other side of the coast. And yeah. I'm here way on the other side of the, of the continent. And here yep. we are side by side. I can see the picture of you and it's just wonderful. I love uh, it. Same, same here. <laughs> Thank God for all this electronic FaceTimes and Zooms oh and whatever gosh. else. I don't know what we would have done. I know. I think it, I, I actually, frankly, think it's, you know, it's one of those things that I thought, oh, I can't get into this. It's just too much. It's too much. But it's actually saving us mm-hmm. because this is the only way to stay connected right now. Yeah. And, and I'm very grateful yeah, same, that we have this ability. Same. Yeah. There are, I mean, there are days that I could, I, I could do without a Zoom meeting, you know. Uh, I agree with you. There's way too many Zoom meetings these days. Oh my God, my schedule is full of Zoom meetings. And I'm like, Same. oh my God. And, you know, yeah. When you set it up in a way that people can link, click a link uh-huh. and schedule into your calendar. So uh-huh. I started actively blocking my calendar so that I can like, not get bombarded. Don't, I'm like, yeah, oh my God, what's yeah. happening? <laughs> like, I just, well, it's, I it's one, way to, one way to control it, isn't it? <laughs> that is literally the only way I have control over my schedule. I'm like, okay, I need a day off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, man, it is so good to see you. I'm pretty sure every listener I have knows you, but let's let's act like there is a person who doesn't. Okay, tell us just a little bit about you first, and then we'll launch into other things. Okay. Um, 
Well, um, I am really a 100% dedicated educator. I have made my life all all around education, really probably the last 10, 15 years. You know, prior to that, I was in retail, had a flower shop, did the whole thing, Mm -hmm. you know, like many years, 25 years. And so I have a really a good knowledge of what that feels like and what that is Mm -hmm. so that I can continue to help people in actual business so that it's not just about beautiful design, but it's also about beautiful design that can potentially sell. Mm -hmm. So, and I think, you know, when you're an educator, you need to be in the business somewhere connected so that you, you have something solid to teach from what you've done, what you've seen. And, but the best part of being a real full-time educator is that you're seeing it from the outside instead from the inside. Mm -hmm. Because I'm looking to study what is the flower business and what is floristry and what should a floral designer do from the outside so that I'm not being really partial to my own circumstance. Mm. And I think that looking from the outside in is really the best point of view because you can see things are really great and things that could be fixed. Mm -hmm. And so I think, uh, you know, I think that's what an outsider consultant also is to a business is they can look at your business from outside because you're so in it on the inside that you can't see for looking Mm -hmm. what is wrong. And so that's how I feel about as an educator, I'm constantly looking from the outside into a lot of different kinds of scenarios and I'm able to assess better how I can help. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's what I am is a hundred percent educator every day, every moment of, 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 you know, every day. Um, and I think that kind of dedication has really helped me just craft the education side of it to be, uh, as effective as it can, mm-hmm. uh, that I can be. So that's really what I am today. Uh, I'm just a, a lover of flowers, also a lover of art. And I really feel that I want to see that a more stronger marriage between the two because art is just basically out there in the world, very much respected as something, a, a special talent, a special skill, mm-hmm. a special something. And sometimes I think florist is not always looked at as an artist that, that we're just uh, a seller of flowers and, and basically a provider rather than the artist that we often are. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to marry those two a little bit more so that as a profession, we get just a little bit, gain a little bit more respect. Mm-hmm. I, I agree on the respect side of things. It is a bit, um, I think, I think if you look back in the history of floristry, I think it sort of comes from there, how it all started, you know, mm-hmm. and somehow I feel like us florists, not me or you specifically, but us as industry professionals are the ones who minimized it. You know, I don't think it was the public because they don't know. They don't mm-hmm. know what they don't know. It's, mm-hmm. it's how we kind of looked at it um, with a, I don't know, the starving artist mentality, if you will, you know, not, you're absolutely right. I mean, really, we're really hard on ourselves and we don't give ourselves enough pats on the back and we don't give ourselves enough credit. Mm -hmm. I find in like groups of students that I have at times, I mean, I spend half the time just making them feel like you're really great. Like accept, please. Because you'll have people saying, I'm not, I'm not that, 
I'm not very good. They, they start the conversation that way. I'm mm-hmm. not very good, but I'm here to learn. And I'm like, you don't give yourself enough credit. How can you be in business for 20 years and tell me you're not very, very good? Right. You know, there's a certain uh, lack of uh, confidence. Yeah. In a lot of, lot of, uh, florists. And I like to make that the priority to make them feel like there's some, if all of us have something to be in this mm. business. And, uh, yeah. So that's really important to me. Right. It, 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 it's interesting as you're talking here and I'm, I'm sort of thinking to myself, um, till today, you know, there are people that, you know, you come across and they're like, oh yeah, I just decided, you know, to do flowers because I like flowers and how hard could it be? That right there, that right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, and you just cringe. You're like, ah, no, yeah. it's not that it's difficult, but there's a lot of value to it. Right. right. So I, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, if I am telling my family, just ex- I, I didn't, I didn't, but if I am telling my family, for example, say, yeah, I just started to do flowers, you know, I like flowers. I've been good with it. And, you know, just kind of want to do this. I mean, you know, it's easy to do and, you know, make some side money, whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. I immediately minimized what I'm about to do. So now when that family member refers a friend, it is all I'm doing is just flowers. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. It's, yeah, it, 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 I, I get this knee-jerk reaction every time somebody says that, and I have said that in the past. You know, yeah. it took yes. me it took me a while to get that mindset change. Yes, I can see it is changing in the industry. I definitely see that, but it is still continuously being minimized because and everybody and anybody who wants to do flowers can just do flowers. You know, and. Or so, or, or so it seems. Right. And you know, it, it, there's like it, it's sort of double-edged sword because right. on one end there's that, and then there's also the fact that there's a lot of full-time florists that's been doing it for many years. They really write off DIYs as oh, they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the DIYs are thinking like it looks easy. I think I can do that. Mm-hmm. And. And there's a real problem there that that the professionals are saying, well, you know, those DIYs, they don't know anything. The thing is, we need DIYs to help us define how good we are. Mm-hmm. Because when those DIYs try it, they get into a, you know, they get they get into start arranging flowers and it becomes a little bit more complex as they're challenged by different circumstances, mechanically and otherwise, mm-hmm. and they can't figure it out. And they realize that there is something very professional about this this particular craft. Right. They, they realize because now they're facing it. Before they were just looking at it as, oh, I can do that. That's easy. Right. Until they face the situation and they realize, oh, that's the reason why they're the professionals because <laughs> they know how to do this. And so there's a real weird denial right. of that kind of dichotomy that that exists that people don't understand. And so really, as professionals, we should welcome DIYs and and share and show them mm-hmm. how it is so that they can really, in the end, see how difficult it is, that it's really a, a very high level of artistry and craftsmanship, and that, that then there's a really a true respect mm-hmm. for this profession. And, you know, for them uh, to sort of block out the DIY is the worst thing you can do, because right, then right. the awareness does not come into the picture. 
Mm. That's kind of how I feel. No, I, I, I agree 100%. I, I got shut down by more people than I can count when I first started because I, I was in quotes, basement Betty, who was just trying to do this thing in my kitchen, you know, didn't even have a yeah. basement at the time when I wanted to do this. So I called a basement <laughs> Betty. I was a kitchen Betty. There you go. You know, yeah, I have a very nice, lovely studio now, but that's not where I started from. You know, that's like me too. You know what? Like we all started from a, some basic love for mm-hmm. the flower. Right. So it doesn't matter where you were, whether you were in a shop starting it, working in a shop or right. whether you were starting in your basement or in the kitchen. It really doesn't matter. But we all have a common desire to, to work with flowers. That's how we start. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, it, it makes me cringe when I hear professionals knocking down people that's just starting out in in the, in their garage or whatever because we all at some one point or another have been there we all started like that and we need to nurture anybody who wants to do this because we want to grow the number of people who love flowers that is going to make our businesses and our profession thrive Mm -hmm. and so any kind of sort of that this certain elitism sometimes that you see is very undesirable it's very unbecoming Mm -hmm. of a professional i agree yeah Yeah. no i totally agree with that so it it's interesting right so when i first decided uh i mean i've 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 always loved flowers since i was a little kid i've dealt with flowers it didn't matter where i went i always came home with a flower a lot of times it was a dandelion because that's what grew as i was walking mm-hmm. on the street you know? right, right, or right. a little pansy or whatever or a little aster like off the side of the road i would just pick up or something like that right so it wasn't anything you know uh, crazy about it i would bring it and put it in a glass of water and like enjoy it so I liked flowers. I loved nature and all of these things. But when I decided to do this as a profession, right, my very first inclination, and simply because where I come from culturally, I think, was, okay, now I need to go get education. Mm-hmm. Well, there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing. And thank God for YouTube University is where I discovered you and Phil Verludo. And there was an Indian lady who I did not understand what she was saying, but I was watching her videos. I don't know who Mm -hmm. she is till today. And there were only a few of them. So I knew nothing about, I literally Googled how to make a boutonniere, how Mm -hmm. to do whatever. And uh, YouTube came about and I watched every video that you had out there for through acts and decor is then Mm -hmm, how mm -hmm. I discovered acts and decor. And again, this is all on YouTube. But I come from a culture where, you know, you know, it's not a matter of what you're studying, uh, when you're studying or if you're studying, it's what are you studying? Because you, right. you're going to study, you know, right. Right. Period. Right. Right. you know, that's that's what I was how I was brought up. And to do something professionally, you need to have a formal education. So, right. Boy, was I wrong. A couldn't find anything. Nothing, literally, no workshops. You know, it's just, it was, it was, it was very strange to me. There was nothing. And then fast forward 10 years, I can keep up with the amount of stuff that's out there now. And it's like we've gone pendulum from this side to the other side. And it's now I'm thinking, had I been a newcomer florist starting or entertaining this idea to start, 
honestly, I would have hated to be in today because there's so much noise. I think at the time I kept searching and searching and searching mm-hmm. and whoops, and eventually discovered stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually landed on multiple educational outlets and things like that and workshops and so on. But today I wouldn't know how to choose. So, oh, there's my, so my, much out there. God, there's so much out yeah, there. How do yes. you choose? <laughs> well, you know what? I, I really feel like it's not a bad time to be starting because there's so much choices and that you can watch through different ones to see what direction you, I mean, you now have choices, right? Mm -hmm. Right from get go where before there were so few that, but, but I think that, that it's social media that has created it. That is true. Technology and social media. um, And I think it's escalating. There's more and more, but it's more and more for people to step up to the game to do better and better at it. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, it's, it's accelerating also the craftsmanship and the level of competence on the delivery end of this education, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people could sift through to see what and who and, you know, where, uh, that, that you can get the best. The choices are huge. Right. So I think in many ways, I mean, it, it's interesting when you say that, you know, you were brought up in a culture that education is so important. I'm Japanese. And it, and for Japanese, like if you don't pursue, mm-hmm. you know, education into university and then post-grad, I mean, my, my, my whole family, mm-hmm. you know, my father is a PhD, my sister is a master's and she's in, in the end became a, a doctor to boot. So she went from, you know, home economics to a dietetics to being a doctor. She was forever a student. And I have a younger sister who is like, um, in, uh, in more in business, but from education side mm-hmm. in the, uh, uh, accounting. Right. So, you know, I have all these degree holders, you know, with a lot of credibility educationally. And so I'm like the black sheep of the family. I'm the oldest, but I, I started the whole chain of sisters on the wrong foot because my parents thought <laughs> that why would I want to be in retail, like business? Right. Uh, why, why would you do that? Like you would only do that as a hobby after you have a full career with a degree and a PhD mm-hmm. and a master's and everything. I mean, they couldn't understand why I would skip that to go into business. Right. And so they never took me seriously. I mean, my, my dad passed away several years ago. Both my parents never saw me do any of my presentation till the very end. My dad, about three years before he passed away, he came to see me do a presentation at the university women's club. It had to be at, on the university ground because they would never go outside of that, oh, wow. that safety net of the university to come and see me at anywhere else where I presented. And then he, he came to me afterward and he says, yeah, you, you, you're not bad. You're pretty good at what you do. Not so, bad. This is like, this is, this is like at age like 80. That's how long it took for him to even come and see me present. And so, you know, I mean, that, that was a real big obstacle for my parents to deal with what their daughter was doing, Mm -hmm. that it was not a profession. It was a hobby, a side hobby Mm -hmm. that somehow she's monetized it and, and thinks that that's a profession. That, that Mm -hmm. was like with a question mark. Right. 
So, you know, it's like the, on, on both sides, right? Coming from DIY and oh, right. it's easy. Anybody can do it to uh, on the professional side. Well, that doesn't cut cut as a profession. Right. There's that argument on both ends. Like, it's crazy. That's just, it's so interesting. One would think it's flowers. It should be not easy, but simpler, perhaps pathwise. And yet it, it is so convoluted so complex and complicated and controversial. Oh gosh, My it's got everything. Goodness. It's like it's got everything in it. We are yeah, a full on reality show. <laughs> oh yeah, no kidding, right? No <laughs> kidding, right? But ser- but seriously though, um but within the people that's in it, there's a lot of like just lack of confidence. I agree. There- I think it's because of all those surrounding that parameter that kind of makes people feel like, yeah, people don't consider us quite as much of a professional as those who actually has a degree mm-hmm. doing something. So there's that, that, that they feel a little bit uncomfortable to say, you know, I'm really good at what I do. They can't come to that declaration until they, they can only do it for themselves. And that's, right. that's the purpose of the educator is to give them so much confidence that they're proud to be what they are. Mm. Because soon as they embrace the whole profession and, and not have this kind of underlying insecurity underneath, if, if they can come out of that, right, then they become, finally become a real professional. And, and which means, by the way, which means, by the way, that you will charge well for what you do. Mm-hmm. Because that's one of the biggest obstacles also. It doesn't pay well enough. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's funny you're saying this. Um, so four years ago, I decided that I am no longer going to take a wedding because it was like, I mean, I have my dental side of things and I'm financially doing great. Do I really need to do this? It was taking the joy out of it. And what I was realizing, I, I was calling it a business. But in all reality, it was a glorified hobby. I think I was fortunate enough to at least recognize that. So I completely stopped doing weddings. I decided that I'm going to pursue the IFD and EMC and all of these educational outlets. And then I'm going to get business education. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. once I, like last year, I spent thousands of dollars on business education. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it right. And I started Mm -hmm. again back up this year. And my path hasn't been cleaner and more clear. And I am charging more than I've ever charged before, but I am charging my worth and Mm -hmm. I deliver. So, you know, and if you're not going to choose me because of the price, I am not going to bargain or drop the price down just to book an event. I I no longer do that ever and never, ever again. So, yeah. And I think there was a certain confidence and mindset change that had to happen. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because I think just overall, florists are generally afraid to lose business. And so they'll bring the price down a little Mm -hmm. bit and make it palatable. They do it with the dollars. And that's the worst thing because when you cheapen yourself in dollars, you're cheapening your profession. Absolutely. And and, and cheapening how good you are. And um, there's so many of them that are so influenced by like the, the you know, the retail price at the grocery store, you know, the bouquets at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. So when they make a beautiful bouquet, they compare to what the grocery store is selling and they bring the price down so that it's not so different in pricing. 
I mean, that's, that's like, that's farthest from the, the, the ideal right. that, that you're always being influenced by what the others are selling you for. And then you adjust the price accordingly. As soon as you do that, then you're no longer your own boss. Um, you know, here they are, they have their own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, yeah. It's, and I have said this to a bride before. It's like the difference between you go to a fancy grocery store. Let's not say the cheap ones. Let's go to Whole Foods, right? In our area, mm-hmm. that is the most expensive grocery store we have. Mm-hmm. So you go to Whole Foods and they have a wonderful food section and you can create a decent dinner. Mm-hmm. It'll be okay. It'll do the job. Would it ever come close to a chef cooked meal and served? Never. And that is the difference. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. But even even the whole concept of Whole Foods versus your regular grocery store. True. The price difference at Whole Foods is higher. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, when they first started, people used to say, oh, you know, it's so expensive over there. I still shop at my Safeway or whatever because the price is better. But over time, they have built up their what what they are, their identity. Mm-hmm. And more and people, more and more people shop there because it has certain integrity mm-hmm. and authenticness that we relate to. And that's like floors too. Yeah. Like you have to be able to relate to a group of consumers that believe in you, that believe in your, your specialness and authenticity. And that's what you sell is that you connect by belief and lifestyle choices. Right. And so that it's really not about the price. It's Mm-mm. people are willing to pay more if they're connecting with the right person. True. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. But and and that right person ha- has to be confident. Because mm-hmm. if you're not confident, how can you believe in it? That's well, <laughs> if you don't believe in it, your client is not yeah. going to. I mean it's just no, it's exactly. just that simple, you know. Exactly. And uh yeah, I mean I have gone through all of those, you know, emotional yeah turmoils, if you will, um, you know, when I was starting up and yeah. And I also faced the family with all of that as well. Cause it's like, wait, what, what about your education? And I finished my <laughs> education. I got my, I, I got, you know, my, all the status, the, all the different yeah, designations and yet I don't use any of it. Well, no, it's not, it's a lie. Cause I still work in a dental office and I, all of mm-hmm. those things, I still use it and I love it. But I don't necessarily use it to the extent that they would love me to or want mm-hmm. me to. However, I, it's kind of funny when I when I won my first design competition, my mom came around immediately. She was like, "Wait, mm-hmm. what? People compete about that?" I'm like, "Yeah, mom, there is a whole <laughs> rabbit hole you don't know about. You may want to you so may want to discover." Yeah. So now she feels very differently about it. Yeah, but and I have to remember that's kind of how I met you. I think at a hit, you did. Is that I saw you in the competition <laughs> and you were a standout. I mean, it's kind of like oh, thank you. I, I, I remember those kind of things really well. I remember people and faces from a competition because you can't help but to notice when someone does really well uh, and oh, that face becomes you. something <laughs> memorable. So yeah, and uh, you've always had the the ability to to dissect what you do and what you need to do to be better. Uh, that's something that you had that you didn't have to, to learn. I think I believe that. Um, and, and that's kind of what I really, really enjoy in it, in education, in teaching is it's a place to really see the talents that are coming up and seeing potentials in people, some of whom don't know it. 
So I have to point it out. Like, you know, like I have to kind of sort of put them, you know, and shake their, their shoulder and say, you know, you really have it. Like, don't, <laughs> don't think that you don't, because there's some of them that are so afraid to, mm-hmm. to even have that surface in, in, in you know, on, 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 out front that, you know, that they have the desire, but they're so afraid to say that they really do love what they're doing. Mm. And I, I, I just want to bring that out in people because I think they should know when they're, when they're at a certain level or that they have the potential they need to know so that it gives them confidence to pursue it further. Mm. And that's what I believe an educator needs to be is to not only show and share, but to inspire, not just not it's inspired by me, but I want you to be inspired by you yourself that you got to recognize what you have. Mm-hmm. And soon as you, that starts to flow and the smile starts to show up that, that it's okay to pat yourself in the back a little bit sometimes. Right. Then things just all of a sudden starts to move faster. Mm. I love that. I love that in people. I, when I see well, that. First of all, thank you. Cause you gave me one of the highest compliments. So thank you. Um, oh, pleasure. second of all, Every time I hear your name, the very first thing that comes to my mind is education. And the reason for that is, you know, I've taken multiple workshops with you and I've helped you backstage and, you know, work there, right? So I've seen sort of full circle, if that makes any sense. And I have taken a lot of workshops from a lot of people. I am, I think I'm going to be the forever student. I am never going to stop. I I enjoy it so much. Even if it's something that I know how to do, there's always something new, refreshing. It's, it's exciting. It just gets your creative juices going, which is another reason why I love competing because it, challenges you right oh my gosh it i mean it is not that like the uh, the growth yes in the process of competing is just addictive um, because you can yep. feel how you're growing yes. in during that process yes. yeah i love that i but love that that came a lot of those pieces came from you and i have taken a lot of classes and i have to say there are few that stood out for me and you're by far one of them and I've always said everybody, you know, they're like, oh, you know, should I, uh, you know, I kind of know her stuff, you know, especially like if they're a garden style designer, they're not really following more of the artsy side of things Mm -hmm, oftentimes, mm -hmm. right? Um, And I'm like, oh my God, go take the class. Whether you agree with the design aesthetics or not, take the class. Because Mm -hmm. when you then come out and you teach, you don't just teach one thing. I've never been to a workshop where you taught what you said you're going to teach and that's all you taught. It's like, <laughs> let me tell you this. Let me also give you this. Let me also give you this. I'm like, yes, keep coming. Yes, more, more, more. I love it. You have no idea how much I enjoy your workshops. Like, it's, oh, thank you. Because it's just this never ending giving energy. And, you know, I have taught a few very small workshops in, in our, in our area. And they told me the same thing. Like, oh my God, I love this. Cause you just kept, I'm like, Oh my God, I've been infected by a tummy. This is exciting. <laughs> but doesn't it feel good? Oh, because fantastic. I think I, I think when you're teaching like that and you're allowing the the flow of creativity to even be present and happening exactly at that moment, because when when you, when you kickstart that little wheel of creativity, it just keeps coming. Yeah. As, as long as you don't 
you know, actually stop that dial. Like it's just coming because I feel like when people see that happening, they realize that it is possible for them to also be this way. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I, I don't turn off the tap because I just I, I love the flow. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's 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 exciting. Um, so uh, maybe I need to talk a little bit about this uh, workshop that I'm going to be doing Please that's coming up. Use so, yeah. Should I do that? Oh my God, yes. I was actually going to ask you and yes, very excited yes. about it. So um, I have this uh, series of workshops or at least uh, the first of the series. Mm-hmm. And actually it's um, my son, uh, Colin Gilliam and myself. We have a company called Design 358. And we're an education entity and it's becoming more and more than I, I, like at the beginning, honestly, it was my thing and he was my helper because he was my tech guy. He was my, <laughs> you know, the social media guy. He knew more about that, but, you know, but it couldn't happen without me because I'm the teacher, right? right. But today it's becoming like 50-50 and probably within a year or two, I'm going to be working for him. I'm, that's kind of how it, it, it's that's becoming funny. because it's becoming a more of a production. Right. You know, especially with the virtual stuff and we're doing everything with technology and testing out different kinds of equipment, you know, good audio, good visual, like he does all of that stuff. And so anyway, in the process of doing this, there was an opportunity and, you know, just casual conversation with Gregor Lersh. Uh, you know, we talk on the phone from time to time because we've been staying in touch, you know, through two, two like years of doing the trend summit together and working together. And so, you know, the suggestion was like, maybe we should do something. Mm-hmm. And so because he saw, you know, kind of my platform and how I've been working in technology and he really, really actually deeply respects Colin for what he's capable of putting together. And so he said, let's do something. So I'm doing a workshop with um, Gregor Lersh and it's a virtual workshop that's in November. Uh, we're just taking registration right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like over three Saturday mornings, like uh, at least from where I am, in the morning in uh, Pacific Standard Time, and it's really evening mm-hmm. in Germany. Mm-hmm. So we'll be kind of simultaneously um, sharing the screen and talking side by side and teaching. And the theme is, okay, the whole series is called Elements of Inspiration. Ooh. So it's inspired by element. And this one, the element is wood. So it's called wood, wood talks, as in TED talks, but it's wood talks, mind and hands. So it's like getting deep into the minds of Gregor, mind, uh, my, my mind. So we can kind of reveal what made us do what we did. Mm-hmm. And we'll be creating designs in front of the audience, uh, the three Saturdays. Uh, simultaneously and talking about where the inspiration comes from, what it rep- represents, how we're using the material, all of that. And then what we think is really kind of the, the real cool part is because he and I both, I mean, we're missing travel. I mean, all our work is gone because that's all we did before. Right. And and he's going antsy. I have to tell you, he's going antsy because that's what he's posting every day. He's working every day. I know that. Every I day. noticed that. That's so funny. Because he can't stop. He can't stop. No. I mean, that, that the wellspring of inspiration inside of the man is just like unreal. It just it doesn't, it does not shut off. And so uh, it's really great for him and I to be thinking about 
you know, focusing on a certain topic Mm -hmm. and sort of working on that. But the best part of this is that the Thursday in between the first and second session Mm -hmm. and the Wednesday between the the third, uh, the second and third session, Mm -hmm. we're going to have actually a gallery of student work that's inspired by wood Mm -hmm. that is going to be seen and we are going to be critiquing it constructively that's my favorite part when my work is critiqued i love it best part and this is and i feel like that's that the education is not only about the teacher teaching it's about what the students receive and then what manifests from what they learn and the work the lineup of the what, what lines up of students' work going from one to the other and noticing what's great about it or what could be fixed or or improved, that conversation becomes really the, the heart of the teaching. That's, that's what I believe. Oh, that's that's gold. I mean, it is. Every, every workshop that I have taken, when I didn't get my work critiqued, or if it being critiqued and it's like, oh, it's like very nice. It's all positive. I'm like, I feel like I almost get nothing out of it as in like, well, not nothing. I mean, I get a lot out of it, but it, 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 it feels like there's a big component missing. And I think I love your workshops simply because of that as well, because you are very happy to critique and you're very objective about it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not, let me make you just feel good. Let's objectively look at this. You know, this is working. This is not. And why these are working or not. And Mm -hmm. he's done the same thing. I mean, he's another one of those people where, you know, I enjoyed every second spent with this man. I mean, like you said, it doesn't stop. No, it doesn't. Even during dinner, he just kept talking. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm like, please don't. Just just, just keep talking. Like, I listen to you all day. His heart and mind is about students. And if somebody doesn't get it, he'll spend another hour explaining. Like you can ask him a question and you will get an answer that, that will clarify mm-hmm. what you asked because he won't, he's incessant. He doesn't stop till he knows that you're nodding your head and you understood. He does not stop until you understand it. And that dedication to education is very important to me because yeah. I, I'm the same way. I, I, I cannot stop until the student hundred percent, you know, communicates to me that they got it because what's the point? Like, how can you just sort of, you know, superficially just pass over stuff? You can't do that. Yeah. You you, got to have clarity because without clarity, you can't move on to the next. Yeah. I, I, I've always been one of those, um, kids that never ask, never stop asking why, you know, AKA my mom's most annoying child. Oh, I, I'm that person too. To my family. <laughs> I think, I think maybe that habit perhaps served me well in, in, oh. you know, if I don't understand the why, I can't just remember things. Yeah. I, I, I dig in. Like if I understand yeah. the why, it doesn't matter what it is. It never leaves. Yeah. Just, yeah. That's just, exactly yeah. how I am. I, I could be sometimes the most annoying person in a educational meeting because I'm the one that is the devil's advocate. I'll bring up a point just to say that this does not 
what we're saying is not satisfying to me because there's an exception. Mm. And you have to always figure out an answer to that and know that it passes that test before you can say that it is right. Mm. And, and, and I, I feel like you need that because for every person like me, there's, you know, there is that many people in the world who are inquisitive enough and want to know it deeply enough mm-hmm. to, to be because I, I know that you're like that too. It's, it's a recognition of an astute student who is digging deeper and you don't just write them off. You can't do that. You gotta find, you know, if you can't find the answer for it in that class right that minute, I'm gonna go home and do a lot of research so I can come back, circle back to that discussion and give them an answer that they will be satisfied with because that's my learning as a teacher. Mm. I have to, I have to be dedicated enough to do further learning if I have to, to answer the questions that's in the field. And so that's, that's really important to me. And I think, you know, Gregor and I both, we've had this discussion. And that's the most, the golden part of what we do is to make sure that the questions are answered mm. and that everybody's satisfied with it. Right. Otherwise we can't, otherwise we can't sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what education is, is that to perpetuate that, that knowledge right. and dig deeper. I mean, I can't, yeah, hundred percent agree with you. Like I said, I learn that way. I, yeah. I learn that way. I don't, I can't just, I mean, I can, but it's. You know, I can read something and learn, of course, but if there's no discussion around the why, there's no discussion about the questions and it doesn't even have to be if it's remote learning or whatever, like there's things that I'll read about and I'll, I'll annoy my husband with questions and he's just sometimes like, um, I don't really know. I'm like, and, mm-hmm. and then he's looking like, but you know, who knows? Google, let's Google that answer. Cause uh, I yeah, don't yeah, 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 yeah. But it's. And you know what? That that's a perfectly justified way. When all things it, dead ends, let's let's look at this. Let's go to the right. different resources to find it. But the intent of still digging, yeah, is the most important part. You don't stop just because. I mean, you know that the educational system, just in general, the the ineffectiveness of some of the education mm-hmm. out there is because there's so much teaching that happens from previous what's been established previously, and they keep recycling the same information. So like, for instance, if there's a textbook that is rewritten and updated, but it really is a regurgitating what was in the old textbook and just put a few words to replace the the old words, that's not good enough. Like every time you rewrite a book 10 years later, there's 10 years worth of new material that should be put into this new volume, but so Mm -hmm. often it doesn't happen. Or simply that people say things like, well, it was always taught that way. That's the way we're taught. Yeah, that's that's the worst thing. That that does not work. That does not work with me. I don't want to hear that as an argument. No. Well, in all reality, of course, that's the way it was taught because that's the information they had at that time. So now we have newfound information, right? We went from point A to point B. So then to go from point A to point B 20 times doesn't get you anywhere, right? You've got to go to the C, to the D, to the next. I mean, you've got to keep on progressing. So, yeah, I mean, if there is one book and, man, I don't even... and I mean it with the deepest respect for AIFD, but if there's one book that needs rehab, is that book. 
My yeah, goodness. well, it's when I was studying, I was just wanted to pull my hair out of my head. <laughs> it's been it's been some time. It's been some time, and so I think it really does. Uh, any everything needs updating. Of course, it really does, and things have changed so much. I mean. You know, the 10 years now is different than 10 years before mm-hmm. because with technology, there's just so much more resources and so much, right. so many ways for us to look up stuff. And, and, and floristry is an area that is very insular. It's a very insular teaching model. Like people that's within the flower business have this flower education, but flower education is not known to the outside what that is. I mean, that's why people look at it and say, I can do that because they don't know what it takes to be that. Right. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. And so, um, and there's a lot of sort of older florists that still stand behind what they're, what they've been doing, but look, things are changing so fast. You're looking at, you know, pre social media, pre even a lot of the technology that we have, that's how long ago that you thought like that and you think that that is acceptable 10 years later? No. Mm-hmm. The world has changed like tenfold because that's right. how fast it's changing. And, and that's, that's the part of floristry that's, a, that's missing mm-hmm. is that is the speed in which everything else is changing. So what, how can it be that you can still do an arrangement from 10 years ago and say that that's, that's today? It's not. It clearly mm-hmm. isn't that. And if you're not staying on top of social media and seeing what people are liking, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, that's what they're liking. They're hoping that what they receive looks more like that than what comes out of, you know, like a selection guy, for instance. Right. So, you know, it, it's like we have to stay on the cusp of what's going on. That's that's why the education is so important. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree. I uh, social media is, it is a double-edged sword. And I feel yeah, like it truly is. the unfortunate thing is, or the fortunate thing is, I don't even know. It depends how you look at it. It's not going away. No, it's just not. No, it's going to be there. It may change formats perhaps, if anything, but it's not going to go away. No. So, you know, faster we make peace with the fact that it's there and yeah. it's staying. I think easier life will get for all of us. I mean, it took me a minute and a half, you know, to be like, okay, fine. You know, I actually don't hate this. You know, I don't enjoy it sometimes, but I don't hate it. You know, it's, it's how you structure yourself around it. It's up to you. Right. So, uh, but the thing is people get, have an aversion to it because sometimes it just becomes too much and they want to step away from it. That's just fine. But the thing is what you need to do with anything today is find what's good about it Mm -hmm. and use it because you have the ability to use it. And so, you know, take what's good about it and use that to be a vehicle to help you get to where you want to go. And it's good for that. If you use it wisely and not get bogged down, because that's the part, the bogged down part is what you want to discard. Right. So, of course, you had to revamp your social media, you know, along with your son. I mean, mm-hmm. luckily, you know, he knew what was going on about those things and was kind of helping you along with that. Right. But you have the design um part of things, the educational component, and mm-hmm. then you have your mm-hmm. own where you share your specific mm-hmm. your artwork and so on. So how do you structure these things? Like, do you have some helpful 
tips and tricks and things like that that's working for you specifically? Well, it's it's all an experiment. It, it All of it is an experiment. I'm always testing out to see what it does for me. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, like when, I, when I'm out there on the road teaching or when I have opportunity to talk to a group of people about social media, you know, first thing, I know that florists, because I'm going to just reference to florists because mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about. Florists generally are on Facebook, and that's including pretty much all ages. So if you want to, say, market to or speak to florists or show show what you've done to florists, you probably should do Facebook because there's bigger audience of florists there versus Mm -hmm. Instagram. Instagram is where I tend to go to to find, find new people because that's where it's a huge stream of people. They're younger. And they're looking at only the picture. They're really not reading very much. They're kind of going through really fast and going like, 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 not, not, you know, like they, they do that because I watch my son doing it. It's like this, <laughs> this finger going like this. So if you can't capture them by a beautiful picture, you may not catch them. But the ones that you catch with that picture that allures them, they may or may not read because that's the other thing. They might be just looking at pictures and they really don't read what you got to say. But if you tend to put something meaningful in there every time, like a little golden nugget kind of information in there, then they'll try to catch you to get that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but the thing is, if you want new audience, you need to be on Instagram because a new audience are the younger people. Mm. And so if you're not on Instagram, I always tell my florist of all ages, and especially the older one, you're not going to get new customers, new young people into your shop unless you're on Instagram. Right. Because if you're not there, you simply don't exist in their world. Like you're not there. That's true. So, I mean, some of my employees um, don't even have Facebook accounts. I know millennials that are at the marrying age almost, if you will, or, you know, thinking about marriage and things like that, they're uh, half of them don't have Instagram. So I'm sorry, Facebook, they're all on Instagram when, you know, and Snapchat and all all of those or TikTok and whatnot. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. Well, but, but, you know, what I find that like Instagram is really the best place. It's kind of your portfolio. Mm Mm-hmm. Where people can see, like, I find that people say, so what's your Instagram account? Because they just want to check me out to see what I do. Right. And they can scroll and see all the pictures and they can see your work, you know. And, and with mine, it's it started out to be more like gallery. I wanted to show my best work. But then because we're, especially with this whole COVID thing and we've been holed up and we're doing more videos and we want to, I want to, oh, this is my son. It's not what I wanted to do because I wanted to keep it a, a gallery, but he says, you know, we got to let people know that we do these things. So mm-hmm. you got to post that you have a video up this week. And I'm right. like, yeah, but that, that messes up my gallery. Like, I don't want words and stuff on it. But he's like, you want the business or not? Right. You know, so, you know, I have to come to this decision. And now it's becoming just a place right. to put things up that needs to be seen. Right. So, so, and it works because I can see that it works. And, uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, I've been, kind of in a situation where I get so eaten up by what what happens on, on Instagram or Facebook, where I'm just like on it all the time to see how it's, you know, doing mm-hmm. and numbers. I, I've become like a super crazy number statistic freak. And, <laughs> and I know that's when I'm wrong, you know, when I'm just getting like deep, too deep. Right. I got to get out of that because I, 
that can, that can spiral downward because some mm-hmm. days are depressing that you put your best piece that I thought really people would love so much and nobody likes it. I'm like, oh my God, that's just crushing. I put my best work out there and nobody likes it. You know what? You know what that is? Like, you have to accept what it is, is this is a mainstream. It's the consumers. It's the, you know, the basic sort of certain demographic. And whether they like it or not doesn't mean that you're you're not good. It's just that right. they haven't acquired that taste yet and they're not ready for it yet. So step back a little bit and do something that's sort of in between the mainstream and the artsy. And maybe we can segue these people to start to love it. We have that we have that ability through social media. I hundred percent agree. And oftentimes you know, it's not that they're not liking it, perhaps like the audience, it's only 10% of the audience sees what you're putting out because of the algorithms yeah. and things like yeah, that. That's too. True. So it's that's like, true. they didn't even see it half yeah, the time, no, you know, and that's it's true. like, okay. You know, so yeah, consistency, I think is sort of the key, regardless of any kind of tips and tricks. It sounds like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, I have, um, I have Tommy Gilliam, my personal page is where I do almost everything. And then I have Tommy Gilliam AIFD, which is kind of half of it's fed by me and half of it fed by Colin because he kind of moves things around to make sure that that's covered. <laughs> and then I have Tommy Gilliam art, which has more art content connection to the arts and how I relate art to flowers. Right. And uh, that one actually, ha- because I started it with um, some artists in mind, like I actually, Arthur Williams and I, and, um, and Nadine, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm trying to think of her last name, but anyway, we hosted a, a workshop for artists because Nadine is very connected. She, you know, she went through Sotheby Institute of Art mm-hmm. and she got connected with a lot of artists while she was studying there. And so then we invited a whole bunch of artists to a flower workshop. You know, I provided the flowers and let them play with flowers. Like they brought some of their own medium and to see how artists interact with flowers and how they would use it like on the fly. And it was so cool. So it started with that. And I actually have some artists following that just so that I can see what they think of what I do when I make a statement about my uh, piece. So I have that. And then I also do the the Neotropic of Hawaii because I'm very involved with Hawaiian tropicals. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I, I'm also the kind of the face behind that one. And, you know, I try all different kinds of different, um, marketing and just, just in, inspiration, you know, showing creativity in, on all those platforms to see how it works. And I have to say recently with Hawaii, because we had a real big event that happened and there was a, a social media kind of campaign that we we built around it. And oh my God, what a difference it makes when you really get into it. Mm. It's, it's, it's been eye-opening what has happened on that one. I just, um, I just got an email. Well, let me backtrack with the Neotropco, you know, the contest mm-hmm. that they're, that you guys yes. have. I'm so yes. I saw it. I was like, wait, what? So I send my application and then I saw the email come back next day that I'll get more email about when and how the flowers would be delivered. And I'm like, wait, does this mean I'm getting this flowers? I'm, I'm, I'm competing with this. Like I'm doing this. 
Travis, is this like happening? So I'm like super excited. I'm waiting. I cannot wait to see what the next yes. step is. So I'm dying so, to see it. It was so much fun because oh. we were formula- formulating this competition. You know, initially, because, you know, we send out a box of flowers. I mean, it's not a lot a lot of flowers and it's kind of limited to these two boxes and you choose one or the other. Right. But the thing was originally, you know, the budget with this group, the Hawaii Floriculture and Nursery Association, mm-hmm. only allowed for 50 boxes or no, not 50. Yeah, I think they said 100. Boxes. I think they said 100. Yeah. No, but it started with 50 boxes. Oh, that was okay. a cap. Except for, and, and I, I opened it up, the registration towards the evening to suit the Hawaii time, but overnight already 50 sold out and there were more than 50 entered overnight from that post. Oh my God. And we were enjoying it so much that it, it was just gaining a momentum that we convinced the, the flower, the, the flower growers that right. we need to extend it further and they expanded to 100. Oh, that's but amazing. really it, it only took a day and a half to fill a hundred. Oh, I'm sure. Spots. I'm sure. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, but it's going to be so much fun. I'm shocked and surprised that I'm part of it because I I was a day late in uh-huh. responding, and I'm like, okay, let's keep our fingers crossed and see what happens. And of course, I chose yellow because yeah, uh-huh. it's my favorite color. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna go with that. Let's see what happens. So I'm like, yeah, it's very exciting. No, I, it is I love exciting. Kind of things. Yeah. So that, I mean, but that there goes to show you that it really helps to have social media mm-hmm. as a marketing tool, because yeah. how else would we have ever gotten the word out there That's to true. get that response quickly? So, you know, we have to, you know, on, on the same, um, like we're creative people, we're creative with design, but we also have to be creative with our marketing. I we agree. have to use our creativity in all areas and be much more holistic about our creativity mm-hmm. because we have that ability to think and to figure things out and it needs to work for us on the financial side as well. Oh, hundred percent agree. Yeah. My, yeah. my last, my last four years have been very eye opening and educational, especially the last year. Um, you know, I attended one of the most expensive probably business conferences that, you know, mm-hmm. and the other one got canceled this year that was supposed to happen in Amsterdam. So I was really heartbroken, but you know, it'll happen again, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. next year. So we'll see. It's not, can- I mean, it's postponed. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But it was one of the best things that I've done for myself. And what I kind of realized is, I mean, when it comes to running a business, you know, 20% is the actual logistics, 80% is the mindset. Uh So we got to work on like, that was, that was the problem with me specifically, you know, looking at it as a business. And, um, I don't know who I was talking to some time ago when, um, this is before I tested for AFD. I was asked if, if am I, you know, if I'm going to test for AFD and I said, you know, if my business can pay for it, Mm -hmm. then I will. Mm -hmm. And I got ripped apart as if I sort of like, you know, downgraded AI. If you're like, no, 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 you did. You misunderstood me. It wasn't about, I, I still want the title. I still want to do it so that I can prove to myself. And it's for me that uh-huh. I can, I know I can, but at the time needs to be right because I want to do it right. once, you know? Right. And, um, right. so, but that was, that was the moment actually when things started shifting in my head, I'm like, wait a minute. 
So if I can do this in a way that it is a profitable business, I'll have more money to go play. So, Mm -hmm. all right, that's what I'm going to work on. That's smart. That's smart. I think, you know, there's something missing in the former generation. That's including myself. That the love was, was the most important thing. If you love it, it didn't matter. Like you can be a starving artist and just barely making pennies doing what we do. But look, we love it so much. Well, I think the new generation is actually a lot smarter Mm -hmm. because they want to do it. They want to invest in it, Mm -hmm. but they want to invest in it so that they can make it a career and a profession. Mm -hmm. And so as a separate entity, because I think the farmer florist, that sort of genre of a lot of the wedding designers and that the young folks that are doing so well, it's a good thing they started up separately and not embedded into the other model because the other model would have told them that you can't do that. That you can't charge that much because that's like nobody charges that much. Well, because they were independent and they got together and created a community separately, Mm -hmm. that separately they decided that if they want to continue to do this, they need to make a a certain amount of money so that they can make it a career. Right. And so then they turned around and started to charge a lot more, like all the workshop cost way more, Mm -hmm. like three or four times more than the workshop that are done, that were done formally. Mm-hmm. And, and people were flocking to it because it showed you how to not only design, but how to make a business of it where you can now live on that income. Absolutely. That never happened before. Nobody ever talked about how much you should be making in your business right. on the other side. Right. Right. I yeah, mean, don't it's, you really it's exciting that's, to that's, me to see. Yeah. I, I yes. love that. I, I I love that mindset change. I mean, even me from 10 years ago when I was kind of starting do, doing this, you know, it, everybody around me continuously were talking about how nobody makes money on this. And I'm like, but why? I don't understand the why. Okay. So I'm in 2020, COVID happens. And amongst other things. I mean, it's been a year of like, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I lost every job that I had because right? this is all I do. This is all right. I did was I travel from place to place to lecture and demo and do mm-hmm. workshop. That's that's my business. And all of it is canceled. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then I reschedule for the fall thinking by fall it should go. That didn't happen. No. I mean, now we're looking at halfway through next year. Before we can even seriously do the serious in-person stuff. And even that is still sketchy. I was just going to say that. Who knows what what that's going to look like. But, you know, somehow or another, I think my 2019, you know, this sort of the self-education and like my direction of things, even in, in the year that we are in, I actually started becoming profitable. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to me that mm-hmm. in the middle of pandemic, recession, election, whatever you want, I mean, all of these craziness that's mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. on. And I'm like, okay, I actually have a path. Like mm-hmm. I actually have a plan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's again, when I first started, it wasn't even a thought in my head though. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was the very wrong thing to do. Well, you know, the interesting thing for me is, I mean, thank goodness for Colin, because Colin had always had a plan for us to do more like YouTube, YouTube videos mm-hmm. and develop that. 
And, you know, he would say, mom, when are you going to be home? So like, we can do these things. I'm like, I'm too busy. I'm, I'm traveling, you know, after I'm home for a day, I'm out again. So I, I, he could never peg me down to really get it started. But then when this whole COVID thing happened and we're every day, like we're home, we're like, Colin's like, well, we can start now, can't we? I'm like, well, I guess so. There's nothing else to do and we have no income. So we got to figure out something. Right. And thank God for that plan that he had. Because if we didn't have that, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. Right. I mean, I, I would seriously be in the biggest trouble. And now having done that homework and, and spent that time that we had, you know, at home and building a studio mm-hmm. and developing the whole library of YouTube videos. And then we launched the Patreon page in, uh, first of September and the members subscribing. I mean, now I have a, an income. That's fantastic. I mean, you know, it's it's just at the beginning. It's just at the cusp of it. But I see that we're going to have a business again because we had no business. Right. Zero. Wow. So that's that's good to hear. And yeah, it's you know, it's it's funny how things have changed. Like for me, mine's only 10 years span. So for you to see from you've been doing this for a while, then you've gone from different models of business, mm-hmm. essentially, and you've seen it go from here to here to here to here. Where do you where do you see it going next for for this industry? Oh, that's a really a good question because we have had this conversation. You know, I just did the celebrate, elevate, educate mm-hmm. uh, the seminar, the two day seminar with. Jim Del Prince at the Mississippi State University, because this is a whole platform for floral educators. Like, you know, we're teaching teachers of floristry how to teach effectively, because that's a platform that's never been like, you, you know, you never have a floristry teacher conference. I mean, you go to AIFD and think that that's something meeting of the minds, but it really is sort of a entertainment for designers to watch people on stage. That's what that is. And we never right. really have a deep discussion about what happened. And so, you know, we, we started with that and realized in just formulating that platform that, you know, education in the future for florists will number one be virtual first because now that we have a taste of it we're Mm -hmm. not gonna step back away from it when things get back to normal because there's a new option that has opened that is more affordable for more people Mm -hmm. and and literally if you put on something you can have people from all over the world that come who could never come before right and so it's becoming accessible to more people Right. Which means that the whole game has to step up. You, you have to show more. You, you have to elevate yourself more to be present in that platform. I think it's going to raise the bar, but I think virtual is going to stay and that more that you become accustomed to this way of presenting and sharing information, the more it will be embraced. But. Mm-hmm. But that's in addition to back to one on one. And a lot of people say, well, if you gave away everything, you know, because I, I get that flack all the time that I give away everything for free with YouTube videos. And, you know, at first I, I thought about it and I said to Colin, why are we doing so many things and it's for free? Like, can't we charge for any of this stuff? I mean, it, he had it in mind that we're going to charge for it at some point. But the thing is how people don't join to watch if it costs. I mean, that's the first block. So it takes away a certain viewership when you charge a certain amount. Like you got to give people taste of what it is and to love it first so that you can sell it later. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's really about that. Well, and the other side of that is from a marketing perspective, right? Uh, you know, it's actually a brilliant way of doing things because if I am a new viewer to your craft, right? And now I want to learn and I come and see on a YouTube video, this massive amount of information you're giving out, by the way, you are, you're, you, you just give, you give and give and give. Like, like I said, I mean, that's being like, it's amazing. I love that. But I know you have more to give, right? I'm going to see this. I'm like, okay, so if I'm getting this for free, oh my goodness, what am I going to get when I actually physically go and do this? You see? So it actually sparks that curiosity even more and that desire to go and get even more as opposed to, oh, I got it all now. Great. Next. No, 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 no. And and it's going to attract the right students, I think. No, that's very true. And and this is something that, you know, Gregor and I have talked about too. It's like, in order for us to step up to the next level, we have to give what we have. Because right. you got to create that room for the new one. So if you don't get rid of it, it just gets bottled up and it's really frustrating for both of us. So that's why uh, for us to keep cranking it out, we have to keep giving it out so that there's room for more. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. And, and what I found like with this Celebrate, Elevate, Educate, um, workshop that we just did. Um, it really is valuable for me to do some of these simple technique videos that it's already done. And if you want to know how to do it, I just refer them to the video so that we can just not take up the time in the classroom. Because that's one of the things with virtual mm. classroom. It's not going to be all day long like an in-person thing. You only have to capture their attention to watch the laptop or whatever their screen for like three hours. Mm-hmm. So if you're spending the time on the, the three-hour time making the Middleino extender and killing all that time doing that, then you don't get down to the real designing and flowering. That's true. And so... And so the way I do it is in advance, I let them know, you guys, okay, I'm going to refer you to my this video, this video, this video, and already have those components created because in classroom, we're going to build the finish. Right. Right? That's brilliant. And what's really cool about that is as I'm doing the construction, they're also doing the construction in their kitchen table, in their studio, whatever, Mm -hmm. so that really they're kind of right along designing right along with me so that when I'm done with my demonstration there's already someone one or two people that's finished that's nice so we can go right into the critique mm-hmm. i don't have to you know hang out for an hour waiting for people to finish because they were designing with me mm. So this class that you guys are doing, um, you and Gregor together, I'm very mm-hmm. interested, by the way. So now I'm actually mm-hmm. going to ask you all kinds of selfish questions. So, okay. <laughs> so, so it's duration of three weekends, mm-hmm. right? And then, um, when, when you guys are doing a presentation, it's basically you're doing a presentation and we're only watching it as a student. Pretty much. Pretty but, much. Okay. You're basically being inspired by the way we use wood. Got it. Whatever that might be. Yeah. Okay. And then when there's the critique time, is this sort Mm -hmm. of a Zoom meeting style live Q&A thing? Yes. Ooh, okay. And how much is the class? It's $199 US dollars for the whole thing. That's it. Do you still have room? Yes. I'm signing up. Yeah, we're signing up. I mean, we just opened it up, the registration, like three days ago. All right. Um, So where can the listeners find this information? Actually, there's a, there's a website specifically set up for it, and okay. it's, it's www.elementsofinspiration.com. 
elementsofinspiration.com. Got it. And we'll yeah. put all yeah, of the information it's, in the show notes. Yeah, it, it's it's so cool. Like this this is a part that like I I I I am so lucky to have Colin because he's he in the, himself is really quite brilliant. I have to say, I mean, it's my son. What the heck, right? But <laughs> like he was designing this whole thing and the, and the logo. I just love this logo. Ooh, the I logo. Have to, I have is, not seen it. I have to well, check it out. You might, you, you might not think it's that brilliant, but I do. And what it is is like, you know, it's elements of inspiration, right? So he's got just a square and has capital E and then I, like the elements in chemistry. Oh, yeah. On the chemistry chart, that's yeah. the logo. I'm like, oh, oh I my like God, it. that is so good. <laughs> See, I, I was chemistry major. I love science. So yes, yeah, that would, that would totally yeah, yeah. like... You know, I'm just like, like that oh, is yeah. so I, I good. Oh, I yeah. love it. Oh, oh my yeah. God. That's, Hitomi, this was, you know, I haven't seen you in so long. We haven't chatted in so long. I, I feel like I can talk to you for another, like, I don't know, five hours or so. This is just, this wasn't, this has been amazing. Like, I, yeah, I this was really fun. enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. It's, a, it's a way, to, way to catch up. I yes. love it. And it was very, I feel like your insight on, the industry as a whole, the profession, the educational side of things and sort of the direction and progression as, as it should be. I feel like it's very refreshing. I feel like you've always been sort of ahead of the game because you kept pushing for it, you know? So I think, yeah, yeah it's, I think, yeah. I think it's fantastic. So I, I truly appreciate you and yeah, we'll have all of the places they can find you on the show notes. But if you can quickly just kind of recap where people can find you and your work and your workshops and so on. Okay. Well, um, uh, as I mentioned, all my little different spots on uh, social media, I'm very active on Instagram at Hitomi Gilliam and Hitomi Gilliam Art. And uh, you can sort of pay attention to Hitomi Gilliam AIFD, Instagram and Facebook, both. I mean, all of these on Facebook as well and Neotropica uh, uh, Hawaii. Uh, so that's where you can see a lot of what I post, et cetera, et cetera. And then my, uh, Hitomi Gilliam website that usually has all the content on what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, workshops and so on and so forth. Right now, there's not much because all of the workshops gone. Right. So we're kind of starting with a clean slate, but that's also where, because I do a monthly article, Creative Edge, mm-hmm. which was for many years with, um, originally it was with the AFS when they were there. It was an article for it. And then when I moved to Teleflora after AFS sold to Teleflora, then it became part of the Flowers End magazine. And then they shut down. Mm-hmm. So it went hiatus for a little while. And then Flores Review picked it up uh, last year, but then they uh, decided that they can't, they can't continue to pay me to do that. So right. uh, then, then I realized that it was such a part of me for so many years to share something, an idea, mm-hmm. you know, because basically it's an article where I do three different versions, you know, basic, intermediate and advanced mm-hmm. of something. Mm-hmm. And so I still do that. And we post it every month. Uh, so it's revealed through my website. The article comes oh, out nice. on the website and then I do multiple YouTube, ch- uh, YouTube um, videos concerning the article itself, the whole concept, and then some parts of it, the mechanic tips and tricks, and then the mechanics. So there's three different videos that I produce about that article. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that happens monthly. And uh, that's that's a lot of fun. I remember those articles. 
Yeah. And then furthermore, uh, so in addition to that, this is kind of my whole story of what Colin has developed from my program. And so then starting September 1, we've turned, um, we have a Patreon page. Uh, so it's a member subscribed uh, page and mm-hmm. there's different levels of, uh, you know, it's like, it's, I think we start out with a $5, $10 or $3, $10, whatever. And um, so it, that gets you into the inside circle of uh, my people. And so there's extra perks uh, where they get the first view on everything. And then we do a meetup every month mm-hmm. on on the Creative Edge article that's coming up. And I'll have some guests that, that come in, like I had uh, Eric Tanoe from Greenpoint Nurseries because I just did the, mm-hmm. the Creative Edge article on tropicals. So I had him be part of our speaker. And, you know, I always have speaker probably come, come in there. We just had right. Gregor on that Patreon speaking thing nice. to, to talk to our group. And, and I also do, um, at a different level of, of membership, I do a uh, actual virtual hands-on workshop. And I just finished one just the other day, nice. actually yesterday, which is it's a lot of fun. And so the Patreon group of people, um, that subscribe to that, I mean, they get the full taping of all of it so right. that they can watch it. Yeah. So right. it, it just sort of, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. That's, that's what I'm busy doing. Sounds like you're very busy and I could not be happier because when you're creating, we're all our benefits. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and you know what? Like there's a definite silver lining to all this stay at home quarantine time. Right. Oh my God. I have had so much fun building things that I've always wanted to build that I didn't have time for That's and fantastic. I'm doing it. So it's That's really fantastic. cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, thank yeah. you again. Really, yeah, thank you. This yeah, this I, I I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm almost like thinking, okay, so when do we want to do second one? Because <laughs> I'm like d- not done asking questions, but I've kept you for more than an hour. I, I didn't even realize. Oh my god, is it that long? Yes. Do you, I oh just realized? That I didn't even realize. I'm like, oh my goodness, it did not feel like that. No, we just had a good chat. Yeah, yeah, we're oh. just catching up. So we'll have to catch up another time. Absolutely. But there's a lot more other things that's happened since. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. Okay. Stay Thank well. you. Chat again. Yeah. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was it, you guys. I told you she is wealth of knowledge. I just absolutely love how she has this really fresh outlook always on educational side of things when it comes to this industry and the fact that she's also willing to educate other teachers, other influencers and educators for our uh, profession, for our industry to just make us all better together. Uh, Anyways, make sure you go into the show notes, make sure you check out her coming up workshop with Gregor Lurch called with Tom. And also be sure to check check out her online educational classes, as well as all of the extensive, and I really mean extensive YouTube videos and on her Instagram feed that she continuously shares about all of these techniques and tips and tricks and so on. Anyways, I'll see you guys later. Well, it's a wrap. Thank you everyone for listening, for tuning in to Viva La Flora Live podcast. We'll see you next week.